If Halo is the godfather of modern first-person shooters, then this fucking game is Citizen Kane. So grab yourself a PP7 and get ready to crouch and strafe your way to a good fucking time. It's GoldenEye 007 this week on Nothing Good. Okay, let's let's get right into it, right? We're here for one reason and one reason alone, and to talk about one of the greatest video games of all time. Of all, all fucking time. time. Ever. Um, Ever. Ever. So I have words with anybody that wants to fucking say otherwise. They can go straight fuck themselves. Right. Yeah, right. Straight. straight fuck themselves. Um, so, uh, real quick, I you know, here we got Mr. Brown, we got Jeff, we got Matt, yo, we got yo, Doc. Yo, 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 yo. I'm doing well. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. Excellent. Yeah. I would use that word. Excellent. Excellent's a really strong glad, word. Glad, glad to be with my homies recording Most the podcast in person in for the person. second time second in a row. week in a row, guys. <laughs> Feels good. I'm, I, I, my flu's fucking gone. I'm yeah. drinking regular shit again. We've got the werewolf of London out there. <laughs> <laughs> <It's just> fucking <laughs> London. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to add to it. Because I'm not sure, listener, if you can hear that, I'm, I'm proud of you. But if you can, you're not going to be able to ignore it. So <laughs> That's true. Uh, so Apologies. that's hey, man, all it's, good. It's, it's what right, you get when you have a hound dog, man. Yeah. Just, Nothing but dogs are gonna howl. Yeah, yep. that's what happens. I got a hound. I know. It's so wait, uh, now you just cracked it open. What are you drinking, Noah? What do you What do you have it? I just needed to taste this. I have a prototype <laughs> <laughs> prototype ten from Brew Gentlemen. It is an American IPA made with El Dorado and Motuika hops with Lupo Max trademark pending. Hop extract, a 6.5% beer, and it is fucking delicious, is what yeah, it prototype is. Prototype beer is really, really good. This is my first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, also having, uh, not prototype, but it's the same line. Uh, it's uh, Brew Gentleman's Legendary Weapons, uh, in line with uh, the good old fashioned 007, yeah. you know? Um, I'm real excited to dig into this. It's an American IPA made with Citra and Mosaic hops. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> I'm about to try it right now. For the very first time, I've had. There we go. Nice. I have Collateral had, damage spray right. from the crack. Uh, was it? That's I what think a it good was beer prototype does. seven during the rumble. I think as when I had it uh, the first time, and it was really good. And I'm excited to try this. Oh, we didn't do the thing. I'm, I'm gonna do it for him. So anyhow, is, any, is anybody else aroused right now? <laughs> you better just, be. Is it just, it, that's for you, France. That's, um, I like how we've moved on from succulent Peru. It's still succulent. To salacious France. Peru shall forever be succulent. But Peru fucking left me. All right? Peru came inside and then never called us back. But you know who's there? France. It's not as great, but it's there. And I feel like a lot of our wives might feel the same way. Oh my God. Saying that out loud. They're not the best, but they're there. Thank you, France. How you, how's your Thank beer, though? Thank you. Uh, yes. The beer's good. The beer's really good. I'm enjoying it. Uh, on that note, Jeff. 
<laughs> I am also drinking a Prototype 10. Mm. It is it is very good. Uh, it reminds me of when Christopher Lambay went down and nibbled on my nipple. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, you too? <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was like nibbling on everyone's nipple. I feel wasn't left he? out, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wonder what he's doing. Whose nipple he's nibbling on now? <laughs> Robin shoe problem. Oh, uh, those are some nips. Did you some, <laughs> oh my god! If your mom saw that, what would happen? <laughs> I don't, she likes. So I, I have to figure that out, right? Because like she's the one who showed. You ever see the movie Fortress? Yeah, yeah. Like an underrated mid nineties like sci fi movie. It's actually quite. She was really about that movie. So I don't know if like what. It depends on how high Robin shoe's pants were. Oh, yeah, story then. That's an episode in our archives, which we have. We do. We do have archives. Do. Yes. Check out Mortal Kombat 1995. Uh, I love my mother. She was our guest on that show. Uh, and I would say this to her face, uh, the worst guest in the history of this <laughs> podcast. The most famous guest we have Easily had. Easily the most famous. Contributed the least. And that is saying that in a world where fucking Drew exists. Oh, my God. And so that's there's the bar. But love you. Mac, what are you drinking? Well, you know, guys, since we're doing we're doing Goldeneye, I'm throwing it back old school. I've uh, brought out the Mountain Dew. Well you know, played. Taking it back. Just taking it back to the days where we played this fucking game all night, all night long. long. And that's not even an exaggeration. Nope. All fucking night long. And what got you uh, fueled to game harder than Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew and Doritos. Well, that's the only thing I'm missing, is the, uh, well, I didn't bring the bag of Doritos with me today, well, we should have. And, and France thanks you for that. But that's, that's a great question. So um, was Mountain Dew and Doritos like your kind of go-to GoldenEye, that that era of gaming snack? What was yours? Um, shit, that's, see, okay, so this is interesting because um, my OCD for trying to keep my, my video game consoles in good condition, especially then, um, I never wanted to have stuff on my hands mm -hmm. that would like stay in the controllers. So if I was snacking at the time, uh, and it was actually, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it was a, it was a, I'd, I'd actually had the bowl. So we would have ruffles in there. We would have sour cream and cheddar ruffles. Well, we'd have, we'd mix it up. Pretzels nice. and probably Cool Ranch Doritos. Mm. That would be kind of the, the mixture. least messy grabs. Yeah, right. Um, but I would, I would snack. And then I'd probably go wash my hands, and then I'd come back and I grab the controller and I'd play. Mm. So what you're saying is you turn a page and wash your hands. Turn a page and wash your hands. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. I just want to point out that even the dog fucking stopped <laughs> when you did that. Like, <laughs> like Clover's like, oh shit. Listen, I gotta get a little Rocco's modern life in there somehow. <laughs> Uh, so, Doc, um, first of all, thank you very much for, for bringing this episode idea to the oh, table. Oh, yeah, for sure. A throwback. But what was your, I'm not talking about all of gaming, there's the dog again, <laughs> but what, Nintendo 64, when you think about sitting down gaming on your 64, what was your snack of choice? Well, uh, you know me, I'm not a snacker. I've never been a huge snacker. He's not the snacker. He's not. He's not he, it's always serious stuff. Like, he commits to a meal. Yeah. Rule you may have one. multiple meals. Rule number one, my friend. Go yeah. big or go home. Yeah. If I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat. Mm -hmm. You're going all in. Uh, so, uh, you don't have a slice of pizza. You have a whole pizza I had like a quarter of a pizza like cover over. Yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, honestly, like, the only snacking I ever did in regards to gaming, it's not something that I brought. It's somebody else had brought, or I went to somebody's house as a kid, and they had something laying around. But if it was just me, I ordered Pizza Hut. 
Nice. And a two liter Pepsi. Uh, pepperoni lovers. Yep. Uh, breadsticks. Um, but if, if there's any snack at all, like the closest thing I probably ever got to snacking and gaming at the same time was probably like Slim Jims. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. And what was your drink of choice when you weren't having a meal and you were just sitting there drinking something while you were playing your game? Because you had to have a drink with you. <sighs> Kool Aid, man. Same. Kool Aid. Same. Black, black cherry. Wild cherry Kool Aid. Yeah. So it was black cherry Kool Aid. My, yeah, black cherry. There you go. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, black cherry, cherry Kool Aid and Munchos was my Nintendo 64 thing. I when I still to this day I buy Munchos. Uh, and it makes you me do w- buy munchos. I do. You're one of the only friends I have that goes hard on the munchos. I, I, I do because <laughs> and it, I don't mean that in a bad way. No, it's but it's like it's it's kind of like your thing. Like when I show up to places, I bring salted meats and assorted cheeses. Yeah, Dave loves the salted meats. He I does. fucking he love loves them. A, a, I do. A good meat and cheese platter. Absolutely, right up there. The the saltier the meats, the better. <laughs> but like you <laughs> always roll in with whatever you have. With a bag of munchos, yeah, always, yeah, because it's a it's a dry snack, you know, and it's like you, I think you can commit to a muncho but not have like that. Oh, I don't like barbecue flavored chips, or I don't like the heat on the chips, or Old Bay, or whatever your preferred flavor is. But I get sense memory from foods and stuff, right? So when I see Ocarina of Time or Golden Eye. I think of what I ate at the time when I was playing that. So it's munchos and black cherry Kool Aid was my entire like sixty four snack there and munchos nothing on the controllers man just salt yeah just true yeah what about you uh i was more of a sweet snacker than a salty snacker uh and i I was notorious both in my young years living at home and now as an adult my wife gets pissed because i will eat all the snacks out of the cupboard and just leave empty boxes in there oh brutal Mm. i love it that's a good Uh, asshole she does not love that (laughs) i don't even do it like on purpose it's just like unintentionally i do it but uh yeah so i would i was more of a kool-aid guy than i was a caffeine guy as a kid um as a teenager um kool-aid was my go-to but i was more of a purple source rex guy Mm. Um, okay call uh, so that was my drink of choice, and it was typically like Little Debbie snacks, things like that. Oh, no, no cakes. chips. I wasn't a big chip eater. Yeah. Um, even today, I'm more of a more of a sweeter. It sounds like an insult. You filthy fucking chip eater. <laughs> he, fucking he, says, chip eater. he says that, and he looks dead in my eye <laughs> as he fucking says it because he knows no, you're, you're the chip guy. You're a oh, guy. I am a fucking chip guy. Yeah. As cake eater. All it, I, I'm also a cake. Oh fuck, right, man. I love cake. Fuck anybody who doesn't. <laughs> all right. No. So you. <laughs> I'm gonna bang you over this barrel, Noah. Swear to God. If you, now, if you that, now that's an about, audio. If you talk about pie, that's an audio. <laughs> sensation that I don't know if our <laughs> listeners are ready for. <laughs> Love cake. Don't like icing. I'm not an icing oh, guy. Shit. No, it's too sweet for me. It's like, like the, I don't the like the texture and all that other like stuff. The don't fudge work icing is so good though. We have a we have a, a bakery in our area called Bethel Bakery that is uh, very popular, and I always get a dozen cupcakes, uh, half with whatever is ridiculous icing topping for my wife and daughter and me. Chocolate, no icing. Wow, like just just the cakeness. Yeah. Well, so you guys brought up Kool Aid, right? So yeah. I'm kind of curious right now. I don't mean to like divert too much here. Oh no, but what was it. your favorite Kool Aid? Charcoal Berry Finn. Uh, Fucking right. That's so good. Yeah. That. Yeah. To the point where if I see it now, yeah, I don't buy the packet. I grab the little box that it's in. Yeah. And that thing fucking goes right in my cart. And they're like, "Do you really need twelve packets of Charcoal Berry Finn?" I'm like, "Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> this is a lifetime supply." Yeah. yeah. You stole. That was exactly what I was That's going with. Sharkberry Finn was the fucking best. There was no others. I was a big Purple Source Rex for a too while too. Too hard to too. find. Yeah, but was yeah. You're right. It was too hard yeah. to find. Yeah. Yeah. My so, 
Sharkleberry Finn, I love. Uh, my second choice would be Blue Raspberry Lemonade. Mm. That's a good one. Just yeah, good. that's a real good one. That was good. Black Cherry was also really good, but that was yeah, like it's a classic. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's there. But those yeah. you're talking about peak '90s, man. Sharkleberry Finn was like it just hit so hard. Mm. Yeah, so and it looked electric. Like oh, that picture. was the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 So we would uh, Aaron Steinberg, friend of the show, yep. right? Uh, so Aaron, we had our lemonade stand growing up. We did it a couple times. You know, once a month in the summer. Would uh, ten cents a cup, right? Uh, we'd make about twenty bucks a day. You know, when you're six, seven, eight years old, you know, splitting ten bucks each. That's respectable. That's yeah. fucking. Yeah. That's 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 some cash. You're rolling high right? at that yeah. age. But we always, but we always had, uh, we always had the lemonade packets just on hand just for that. But we'd also had Sharkleberry Finn, so that was so your good. choice when you came up. Which one did you want? And then we would have like assorted other types of drinks. That we'd have in a cooler too. We'd Hustling. have whatever shit was in the fridge. We'd have Huggies. We'd have um, our my neighbor Henry Swagger at the time. Uh, his mom always had like interesting kind of drinks that were like that like fruit drinks in a can and and never like V eight because nobody would ever buy that. But you no. get the idea. But stuff I've never really heard of before and I can't even remember. But we always had interesting shit we toss in there. Like those weird like Mondos. Yeah, stuff. exactly. Yeah. Right. Not Huggies, um, but not no, like full on. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but we'd always kind of sell those too. We'd sell those for like 50 cents and everything. But yeah, we'd, we'd work all day, put the sign up and everything and had a, had a great time doing that. That's awesome. That's yeah. good hustle. Well, since we're talking about the era of where you were and what you ingested being younger, being youths, reckless youths <laughs> while playing uh, GoldenEye 007, let's talk about it. When's the first time you ever played GoldenEye 007? Jafar? Yeah, so I got uh, GoldenEye when it came out. Uh, me and my two brothers were all a year apart. One, I'm the middle child, so my younger brother's one year younger. My older brother's one year older. Uh, and we logged a shit ton of hours playing GoldenEye. Uh, and it was it was cool being able to, because we had gone through iterations of consoles, right? Mm-hmm. From the NES to the SNES and the Genesis to the 64. But the 64 was the first time that the three of us could play together. Yeah. Because prior to that, it was... Everything was two player, yeah. Right. You need- so it was we had to rotate in and out, mm-hmm. or just fight and push my older brother out because he was often a little bitch about it. <laughs> uh, if you're listening, you know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> you can give him one of the our signature fuck yous if you want. No. Like, okay, he's no. cool. He's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing but love for Chris. But uh, but yeah, so we played a, a lot of uh, N64 and we logged a lot of hours playing Goldeneye together. Like I said, it was. It was revolutionary for the time, and it was it was a unique kind of game um, for what was out at that point in time. And for the three of us to be able to play it together was pretty awesome. That's awesome, Doc. Yeah, you know, uh, I I couldn't tell you exactly if I got it when it exactly when it came out. Nineteen ninety seven was a long time ago, but I feel confident that I got it as a birthday gift that mm. year because it came out in August. So just a couple months later, October hits. I turn uh, whatever age I was at the time. Uh, and I can tell you, unlike Jeff here, uh, or you, or you, Mac, uh, pronouns, Noah, mm. um, I uh, had the luxury of just being the only gamer in the house. Right? So yeah. my sister did game with me when we were little, and I think GoldenEye is like the last little edge of gaming she did with me. She was just old enough, and I think, uh, if I recall correctly, she was probably, it was the 97, so she was already like a freshman in college. 
So, like, she was still kind of interested in whatever I was doing, kind of, but, yeah. like, not that it much. It was more casual. And Goldeneye was really yeah. popular, so yeah. I'm sure people she knew, guys or gamers in general she knew, probably were playing it, so, playing it, so I had it at home, and so, and I remember she and I would do the multiplayer from time to time, uh, and she'd bitch at me because I'd pick Odd Job, because <laughs> why the fuck would you not pick Odd Job? You want to win. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I, I put in a significant amount of time, like most of us did. And I played that game for years. Uh, it's back when you played games for years. Yeah. You know, uh, a matter of fact, I played it for so because I didn't meet a uh, friend of the show, uh, Anthony Gibby. Uh, I didn't meet him until the following year. And, and we didn't start hanging out until the end of that year, really. So, but we played Goldeneye together after that year. Like, yeah. it just that, that game had so much legs to it, it had such like replayability constantly. And we're going to get to that because oh, yeah. to me, that's the legacy of this game. Is the what it, it, it created an entire generation of speedrunners, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyhow, but yeah, I'd say yeah, I had it, I definitely got it that year for sure. Uh, and I just um, I have so many fond memories of just existing in that space in that game and challenging myself and trying different things. Uh, but uh, anyhow, Mac. So the Nintendo sixty four was my console. Yeah. You know, at that stage, you know, ninety seven Jones, where you and I are going into freshman year high school. At that point. So um, my brother was moved out. So I didn't get to piggyback off of his purchases anymore. So at that point, it was all kind of on me. Um, and I think I was landscaping around that time. So I was starting to make like my own money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when that game came out, I bought it right away. Because uh, I, I loved my Nintendo 64. And I, I absolutely played the shit out of it. So um, I got that immediately when it came out, and so did a lot of my friends uh, in middle school, high school at that time. And the game just took off for us. We it was it was so much fun to play. Um, it was so much fun to play together, uh, and just kind of echoing what you said, just the the playability of it. Um, it never got old. You didn't get sick of playing it. And even years later, uh, two thousand two, two thousand three, somewhere in there, maybe two thousand four. Um, I think it's 2004. Uh, number of the people listen to the show, uh, Paul, Rick, uh, Beatty, Jason, we all went to Ocean City for a trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- fucking brought the Nintendo 64. We played Bond every fucking day we were there down at the beach. In that like time between, you know, after being at the beach to going out that Before night and everything, go yeah. to, and, you know, go to the clubs and bars and stuff and try and fail miserably to you know, pick up women. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like, so it was not just playing the game in 97, but even playing the game in 2004 when systems were changing everything, that game still had fucking legs. Oh, excellent. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm with you. I got Christmas that year that it came out. And it was only because a friend of mine had gotten it so early. I adore, and this is where it was difficult for me to, to separate the two, and this is a super huge point in like entertainment for me. Because I adore the movie GoldenEye. I saw GoldenEye in the theater like six times. Mm. Uh, because it was funny. It was action-packed. It looked great. Uh, I had never really seen James Bond before. Of all the action movies my dad had ever showed me growing up, all the Jean-Claude Van Damme, all the Highlanders chomping on tits, I had never, ever got a chance to see a James Bond Fucking movie. Chomping. I have like light chomping. memory of License to Kill with Timothy Dalton, but I didn't watch it. Yes. Perfect. Thank you. But... Goldeneye was like the movie I chose to go see at the theater, and it was fucking awesome. I was also so ungodly, believably sexually attracted to Xenia on a top. <laughs> like, 
I got like a fucking cultural revolution happened in my pants the first time I was sitting there at the <laughs> Did, cinema and was, Cinemark was, and Robinson. Was it difficult for you when you were watching the first X-Men movie when she goes, I can move things? And he goes, what kinds of things? And she goes, all kinds of things. Oh. Did you just fucking melt in your chair? I, to this day, still have at least a 25 percenter. Because of her in that right movie, now. and then in X- at all times, all time. at all times, you know, because you really, it's like, it's like really the, uh, let's see, you ever, you ever bust the transmission in your car and it'll never go below a certain revolution, you know, Rams? That's where I'm at because because of her in that movie, I can never go to zero again. Um, but so I love the movie, and someone's like Golden Knight. I was like, ah, because any other video game movie that uh, uh, movie video game hybrid was like the shitty Batman uh, Forever which mm-hmm. is a great movie terrible game Batman uh, Returns wait hold on what no I, was, oh. I meant Batman Returns not, oh. not okay. Batman Forever yes. I was about to flip this no. fucking table yes <laughs> Batman Returns <laughs> is a great movie, movie. I a terrible yeah. game I had it for the game gear Batman Forever is a shitty movie and <laughs> shitty game <laughs> yes. but like what, what do we have the, I mean the, uh, the Star Wars games were terrible so, they were so okay. hard but they were so hard, right? They weren't great. So there was no real movie adaptation. And then I went over to my friend's house, like, you gotta see this, it's pretty cool, whatever. And I get there, and it's like multiplayer. And it's like, this is fucking incredible, incredible shit. So I went that way, and I immediately, I'm like, Mom, that's what I want for Christmas, is Goldeneye. <laughs> Mom, Gold. I want this for Christmas. Well, can, I, can, I, can I have this? And she's like, you're, well, I'll tell your uncle. So, well, so I, I kind of want to echo your statement about just the movie itself, because I, I don't think you can really se- you should separate the two. But yeah. I mean, I know we want to talk about the movie in its own in its own episode. It's own episode but um, for our our generation, like our age, Pierce Brosnan's really our Bond. Our Bond, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, my dad loved the James Bond movies. Cool. And you know, they were always on in the afternoon, like Saturday afternoons, like three o'clock. They'd have like the Roger Moore versions on on encore yeah yeah second throwback to encore or they might like have them on like 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 whatever the upn channel was at that time or something because they had to fill three and a half hours with commercials and my dad would fucking turn that on i hated them i just couldn't really get into the older ones but goldeneye was the first bond movie where i just fucking went yes like i loved everything about that movie and even though I think the Daniel Craig versions now, especially Skyfall, is my favorite Bond movie. That's so good. Um, Pierce Brosnan's my Bond. Like, when I think James Bond in my head, I see Pierce Brosnan's face on that character. Yeah, yeah. 1,000%. And I think this game, I can't say that this game is not associated with that. No, it's inseparable. Yeah, it's, but it, to me, it's part of the ethos. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like because that movie's so banging... Uh, and then you're like, oh, that's cool. And it's like, it would stand alone is great. But then this game came out and it adds to the legacy of that. I'm going to be right out there and say that no one would fucking remember those movies as fondly if fucking Goldeneye wasn't, I, and I say this all pun intended, an absolute slapper. Yeah. Right? So it is a fucking awesome movie and an awesome game and probably the truest best video game port of a movie. Uh, at least the first great one to ever come out. I can't imagine any, I can't remember anything better. No, and there so, so there was sort of this stigma in the gaming industry about licensed games based on movies because they were all shit. Mm-hmm. And they they basically were trying to, you know, push all of those into games for kids because that was where they saw success. Mm-hmm. Games based on Shrek and SpongeBob and, you know, whatever else was, you know, popular at that time. So this was the first time that they that they really committed to a, a movie franchise with a game that uh, was being developed by a, a relatively unknown 
company that was solely focused on Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, did they make a good fucking rare. Nintendo game, didn't they? And I mean, Rare's famous for Donkey Kong Country. Like so the first, fucking good. One of the first oh, like, big 3D games. Yeah. Uh, Perfect Dark, mm-hmm. uh, Banjo-Kazooie, Conker's Bad Fur Day. Oh, that's, oh that's my goes God. On. Conquer, uh, one day, oh. I, so, uh, my great regret on this show is that we were so wasted... Two regrets. So wasted <laughs> when we did the Nintendo 64 uh, about this podcast. And two, that you guys weren't a part of the show yet. I feel like if the very first thing we're going to revisit when we revisit an old subject is the Nintendo 64, because we covered so much, yet so little, so because little. we were so drunk. Yes. And it was so late in the night. It was like three in the morning yeah. when we did that episode. That was a marathon. But Jesus Christ, I could do an entire fucking thing on Conker's Bad Fur Day. Well, oh my like, God. Oh my God. Yeah. I could babble about Diddy Kong racing for, for an hour and a half. You know, like, there's some fucking absolute... Slappers, how funny is it that the video game industry had such a stigma about movie tie-ins, and the movie industry has such a stigma about video game tie-ins? Yeah, yeah. it's like you guys are fucking related. Get over it. Have sex. Yeah. Produce something good. You know. <laughs> yeah. So Wait, literally, so they're, they're related. Get over it and have sex. Did I hear that right? I'm a Game of Thrones fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too far off. Wait, right? wait, wait. wait. Finish that off. They're second cousins, right? It's like they see each other more often than strangers do, but eh, you know, it's only large family gatherings. Yeah, like they're not necessarily sharing a Thanksgiving dinner table, but a wedding. But yeah, a wedding. Yeah. You know, and it's and then all they, about and as then long they as just fuck afterwards. As long as the video games don't come inside, then you won't really have any long term. Or as long as their father, you know, doesn't find out. I don't know. <laughs> Was the Sega Channel invited? <gasps> It is now. You know, I just want to like a whole hold the fuck on what I. You know, it's funny that as we're talking about a video game, and just I mean, I'm talking less than a minute ago, and in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I just realized last episode there was not a single mention of Sega Channel at all, and I was so proud of you. Nipple munching took over, and I think, but then Dave. Dave brought it back. Had to just fucking mention it. We talked about coming inside, and that's the first thing I thought of now. First of all. It's just the Sega Channel. First of all, that's a lot to unpack there. Now, cream pies are associated with Sega Channel, which is the best thing I could ever do for the Sega Channel's legacy. But the Highlander last week was such a it's basically pure masculinity in a lot of ways you know and that there's there's so much nipple chopping that there wasn't room for a second channel but alleged brought it up Doc, yeah. and you I specifically mean, I, you know, yeah. brought it up i mean when you're when you're thinking about it uh i'm gonna just go ahead and ask you this yeah, question now. i'm listening so you're it's it's the years 1997 and you're <laughs> a supple young thing <laughs> And as you as you mentioned that you, you didn't grow up in a family game, you didn't have any uh, brothers, and, and occasionally your sister would play. So uh, I can imagine you're 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 eager, ready and willing to try the multiplayer. So oh, eager. Go go night out, and then <laughs> as you plug in the controller and you take a side of yourself, you're thinking, I don't have anyone to play with, and then you hear it a rustle, and you see a second controller slide into the port, and you turn <laughs> and you look over your shoulder. And there's the Sega Channel, holding your Mad Cat's backup controller that you only reserve for guests. And it says, I'll play with you, Herb. I'll play with you. Do you play temple level, slappers only? And then, do you fuck that Sega Channel? 
And in what order do you have sex with it? Allow me to elaborate. Subtext there. <laughs> Subtext. I want you to shuffle these here. Uh, you have, of course, ass. And, of course, you have mouth. And then there's the second channel equivalent to vaginal. But I'm going to add a fourth pole. The mystical fourth pole, coaxial. What order do you hit it? Do you go... Do you leave with coaxial? Do you save that for the end? Elaborate. Be specific. Oh, uh, I think I can be specific. Uh, I would uh, play facility. Uh, oh. Man of the golden gun. Not slappers only. Uh, and then, upon completion... <laughs> <laughs> Upon completion, <laughs> I would turn the Nintendo 64 off, walk over to my door, my bedroom door, open it up, and say, hey, have a nice trip home. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but you know... This is the first time to take a drink. <laughs> but... I prototype in my nasal <laughs> but, but you know that he let the Sega channel have the rumble pack. Oh, yeah. You know he did. You know he did. Yeah, at least give it a little bit, right? Yeah, that's, that's sure. kind of you. That's kind of you. We'll elaborate some other time about the order of things. Mm -hmm. It's probably so, yeah. an order that would surprise you. <laughs> to, to bring it back to what we were originally talking yes, about please. before we went on that tangent, the bar was set very low, so it was easy to meet and exceed expectations, which this game fully delivered. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. And I, I think, uh, I mean, I want to talk about the lasting legacy of this, but uh, somebody somewhere. In the bowels of Rare, knew they got this fucking thing right. Because this game still has never gone away. People still, to our generation, will bring this up. A lot like, uh, you know, people who say, oh, who's the greatest of all time basketball-wise? Michael Jordan, LeBron, and someone will go, you know, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Or, 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 you know, Julie Serving or any of those fantastic players beforehand. But it's like, we're never, ever going to let Goldeneye go. Like oh, ever, how could ever. you? How could you? Because they got it, that right, and the, and the bar was set so goddamn low before it's like a fucking home run. Yeah, it, yeah. Sold, it sold eight million copies. Jesus Christ! It's it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I didn't even know they made eight million copies of an N sixty four game. Which is which today it's like what Grand Theft Auto five is sold like what, like sixty million copies. Or something it's also like been that. out for like fifty years. Yeah, they keep making a new version of yeah. it. You know, that, that GTA Online Plus expansion bonus edition, right? Yeah. But eight million, like, could you imagine just the visualization of realizing you've printed eight million cartridges of a sixty-four game of one fucking game? And you know that there are still cartridges that weren't sold. Oh, they're probably worth a pretty penny. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I have fucking two of them at my house right now. I have two. I I got my version, and then um, my girl. I mentioned this on a previous episode. Uh, my girlfriend's mother was cleaning out the house, and she goes, "Hey." Uh, do you want this Nintendo 64 that was Stephanie's brother's? And I'm like, does he know of this? Because I'm not going <laughs> to fucking... I'm not just going to fucking... Is he aware of this? Yeah. Does he know that this transaction's happening? It's kind of a big uh, deal. And I, I think he is. So I don't know if, Jimmy, if you listen to the show or not. But again, I, I, I fucking have it. Um, with a whole bunch come, of games. Come and get it. 
There can be only one. That's right. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, and when I, she gave me a whole bag of games, one of the games in there again was Goldeneye, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, do I fucking get rid of this? Fuck no, I don't. I'm just gonna just add it to the to the collection of, uh, of games that I have there. Because why would I why get rid of something so fucking great? I just want to want to have all of us make a blood pact right now. If we're ever in a situation where somebody does what happened to Dave. And a relative or a friend says, oh, here's a box of random games or comic books. Don't open it until we record our next podcast. Because going through that bag of games, it's like, that's that had to be badass, right? Oh. You know well, what I mean? And like that's like a sense memory you wish you could share. And it's yeah. like, a, I did that, I can do that with my wife. If it was video games, she'd understand. But if it was comics, she'd be like, well, I, don't, I don't understand yeah. what, what the reference here is. But like, fucking open it up. Because I can't imagine the shit that was in that bag. Well, I mean, there was, we had, there was, uh, there was Raw uh 64 uh warzone, warzone. yeah warzone warzone. Yep. warzone was in there terrible game um there was uh majora's mask was in there mm. um i'm building noah up here everybody just so you guys know the quickenings you, you about started to happen. you started low with the warzone I did. which is a shitty game that i fucking love anyway yeah, yeah. uh we had we had 007 in there we had uh mario 64 uh star fox was in there but then we had bounty hunters then we had uh shadows of the empire ah <laughs> you guys like Sea World first five rows might get wet. Just caution, guys. Uh, and Pod Racer was in there. Ah, god damn it! <laughs> a fucking game. It's like I just finished watching episode one like three days ago, and all I can think of every time is because every time you hear the music, I'm like, oh my god, fucking just well, play, going going through every course of that. You know, hitting the C right button, well, healing. And how about in fucking the book of Boba Fett? When they just when he's running the the his new fucking ship through the canyon, right and you go right through the pod race course, and you just fucking feel all of that, right? It's like sometimes, sometimes it feels like Star Wars is fucking you in the mouth, and yeah. you're enjoying it. And yeah. I think, and I, I said what I said. All it's right? too late now. But it's you know what else? Back. You know what else? Sometimes feels like it fucks you in the mouth in a good way. The single player campaign of this game. Because it has bring no, it back. Yes, yes, it has no business in a time in '64. Because you're like setting shit up. Like like Mario '64 is still to this day like so brave and so it took so much risk because it was so good. But the idea of having the laser watch and the proximity mines in the remote mines is fucking gameplay elements that you didn't even co- have a concept of. And when this game came out, it comes out, and now it's in every fucking first person shooter and games that aren't even shooters. Hmm. So Jesus Christ. So I. Uh, Jafar, you had a couple of questions you wanted to ask about the game. Yeah. And I know one of them, so I'm going to toss it to you, and then I'll let you kind of take the reins so I can stop bringing up uh, sexual stuff. But it's uh, single-player modes. What's what's the levels we loved, right? Yep. Yeah, that's the first question, is what was your favorite mission or level uh, going through the game? Doc, go first. Uh, well, number one. And so... Behind the scenes, everybody, uh, the four of us sat and played a little multiplayer before uh-huh. we started recording, just to kind of get our feet wet. Uh, and it's incredible. It, it's funny how like we're all like, okay, what levels we're gonna pick, and we all unanimously, immediately agreed facility is like one of the ones we're gonna mm-hmm. play. Uh, and I don't, you know, facility and um, goodness, not the museum, not museum. Museum? Temple? Museum, you said last week? Museum? Yeah. Um, Museum. 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 Because the level where... And I wrote it down. Hold on. Oh, I can just use that. Uh, It's the... What the hell is it? 
Not cradle, not caverns, not control, not... I'm currently the only member streets. of our staff that has Statue. not... Pulled, yeah, yeah, that has not pulled out the goddamn map list from the <laughs> single parent staring at it. I was looking at my beer, I look around, everyone's looking at their phone. Yeah, yeah so, look at you fucking young. Um, so facility and, and, and that one, they're my two favorites. Facility I spent the most time in. It was like my sandbox level. So good. When I wanted to try out different combinations of weapons or cheats... It was because it's such a big level, and there's so much you can do. And, and and you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna put this down for a second. Oh, we haven't got it yet. You know, last time, you know, if can I make a request? You slap it down. Yeah, there it is. Ooh. Okay. Uh, one of the things about this game that I significantly appreciated, and I didn't realize it until now, as I'm still a gamer to this day, is that it. I, I think. And I could be wrong, but I think it's the first real, like, sandbox type of game I ever played. Like, like Mario's a sandbox game. Every game has its own little sandbox. But I mean, like, you can approach missions slightly differently, depending on how you want it to play. And I don't know, because I didn't have... Because Metal Gear was not out yet, I don't think. Mm -mm. Uh, it came out, like... A year later. If it wasn't that same year, it was, like... Well, I never even... I never owned it. So, like... I, but for me... Like, you could you could do a little stealthy. You could sneak around. You could shoot the cameras. You could shoot the alarms. You could approach things totally differently. Or, if you fucked up, <laughs> the alarm would go off and you had to fend off, like, 30 guys. But it, it, was, it was the first time that, like, I got an opportunity to stop and go, how am I going to approach this in a console game? Now, Rainbow Six is a different story. But the, to approach it, like, on a Nintendo 64 controller and go, am I going to go guns blazing? Or am I going to sneak around and chop people in the back of the head or mm -hmm. use my, my silenced pistol? That was cool. The silenced yeah. PP7 was a game changer. And, but yeah, yeah. to bring it, bring it back, yeah, facility was my favorite because there's so many places you could hide. Somebody, you could just sneak around and the level was so big. And it was an important mission. You know, Trevelyan, turn, you know, dies. Uh, heavier quotes. Uh, so yeah, facility is like my jam. Like, hands down. Um, what about you, Mac? Um, I think for me it was um, it's it's somewhere. But I think it's the silo. I just think I like going into the missile silo, yeah. and you know, just kind of just yeah, just kind of fucking around in there. Uh, I just thought it was just an, an interesting space to be in, mm -hmm. and I think that's a lot of things about the game that I really like is that it it puts you in a lot of interesting spaces. Because I think it's kind of easy to say a facility, and I think it's easy to say maybe temple or something. Because I think those are ones multiplayer we're so familiar with, for right? Sure. Um, and I like in facility, especially when you you just you go into the fucking you start in the ducks and you just climb into the bathroom. Oh, that was such a cool touch. You too. just mm -hmm. yeah, because it's so it's right there in the movie. Yeah. you know what I mean. And you're like, ah, oh, shit, they nailed it. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's soldiers um, in the stalls. Exactly. Yeah. You, yeah. you kick the door open and you just you shoot them. I mean, what a fucking way to go, right? Um, but I just I just kind of like the space in that level. You know, you mentioned statue too, Jones, and I yeah. I, I enjoy that one. Uh, cradle also. You know, when you kind of get to the end and and everything. But it, it's it's kind of hard because it's not necessarily like levels, but it's just kind of visuals. Like even when you get through the runway and you get the surface and you've got the satellite dishes that you have to kind of go out and mess around with and everything. Um, I, I I like I like those elements of the game. Like I said, it's just more spaces for me, really. Yeah, I'll I'll hop in. I'll let you go last there. Um, first of all, absolutely agree with the facility, and I'll never forget when you were in the facility level the first time and you get the remote mines. And you use your watch to set off the remote mines. It just felt like you, you could set those off whenever you want. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it yes. felt such cool, like such fucking control. My two levels are easy. 
And I actually mentioned one of these in our N64 episode, is the first surface level. Because after you jump on the runway and you get that whole intro of the movie over, they drop you at the edge of this board, and it's this big, wide-open area. Yeah. And sure, in retrospect, it's not as wide-open as we thought it was in 1997, but Jesus Christ, you could go around any way you wanted because you're just going to put these mines and get down into the bunker, and it just felt like... I could do whatever the fuck I wanted to do mm -hmm. in the little houses and, and seeing the, the guys you could pick off. That and the train episode. Uh, train was a pain in the ass. Train was a pain in the ass. Total pain in the ass. But it was like it was all focused so much on the gadgets of James Bond and the timing and mm -hmm. doing that. And it's like a sense of urgency. I hated uh, being underwater in the sonic levels because the sense of urgency gives me fucking anxiety. Then that pause and boom, and you're dead. And it's like fuck. But the train, you're just trying to cut open with the laser. And it's it, not easy to do. No, but it gives you it gives you like a, like an honest set, sense of involvement. Mm -hmm. And so easy Absolutely. for me. Surface was number one. Train number two as far as all time single player missions. Just the just because it. Pff, Blew it open. Well, are we talking like Surface 1? Are we talking Surface 2? Surface 1. Because okay. Surface 1 is where you're infiltrating. Bunker happens. And then Surface 2 is when you're at night. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, the the the, the daytime. Because the, the, that was the one we used the night vision in, in the in the Surface night one. But just the sea, like, it was 64. So, in retrospect, how I visualize it, looking like the fucking Swiss Alps, right? <laughs> it's not how it looked. Yeah. It looked like a, like a shitty triangle yeah. with the skin on yeah, top. Yeah, so you get but, up to the wall where it's yeah. just triangulated just, trees. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. And, but you just Super. saw. The, the, the cavern in the satellite dish and the trees and the fencing and people patrolling and it's just like this is this is the shit and then, yeah. and also something else to say about the single player experience is because you had I think a game that doesn't get a lot of recognition is Rogue Squadron for the 64 right because it, it looks so good but it was the first like not first party Nintendo game that looked that good now here's Goldeneye saying oh motherfucker this this isn't that Rogue One wasn't a Rogue Squadron wasn't an exception. It's the norm, and so it's not just Mario sixty four that's looking great. It's it's all games going forward, and that level looked fucking incredible. Too far. Yeah, for me, uh, my top two are one the facility, uh, and to echo what Joan said, it was really cool for that level because it's your first like big like open world experience in the game, and you know this game was really the first one that took first-person shooters and sort of took it off the rails. Because, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. like, if you were playing Doom or any of its predecessors, it's like everything's predetermined. Like, you go this way, and then you go this way, and then you go this way. But with GoldenEye, you could just go wherever. Um, and it was really awesome. I, lo I love that level, both in mission mode and also in multiplayer. My second is also Surface. Uh, I like the night version of Surface better. That's cool. Uh, the, the, first sur the first version of Surface when you're in daytime and you get to see sort of the scope of it all is cool but i i just think it even though it was night and the sky was red instead, eh, of, yeah. instead of yeah we don't ask questions blue or dark uh i still i like that particular mission better but i i think the openness of of that surface level is pretty well, dope surface at night that's in winter isn't it and like snow and shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah, the sky's, the, yeah no that's my point the sky's pink yeah, in the wintertime. Let me ask you a question. Know, the light reflecting off the snow and the clouds and everything. Because you, you, I know you have the cartridge. We just played your cartridge, and mm -hmm. you played through this game, Did at least we? a chunk of it. Um, um, I played a, and I'm so, sorry, this is illegal, but I played a ROM, right, of this because I don't <laughs> have the original cartridge anymore. That's not your fault. Yeah. They've been talking about releasing this fucking thing on Xbox 
for like a half a year now. Mm-hmm. They they released a remaster, like a complete reboot of it, which yeah. had a lot of really cool stuff, like uh, years ago. But yeah. it's not not the same. But no, um, no, but but there's been a lot of stuff on the internet that that people have found Microsoft. Like, yeah. Are we doing in it? the? Because they own Rare. No, well, yeah, yeah they talked about it. They've been talking time. about like the like the the fucking like achievements have been registered and everything. Yep. They just haven't put the game out there yet. So Jesus, uh, Microsoft, let's fucking get on this. I just want to buy it. I don't care if you're charging sixty dollars for it. I'll pay full price. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 sixty seventy. I, I I want Pierce Brosnan special edition, right? And this comes with an undeserved sense of entitlement because you banged Mrs. Uh, Doubtfire's uh, ex-wife. But uh, I remember it snowing. In those levels, did it or is that no. just me? Okay, no, all right. I, yeah. I was so I was like because I had I kept crashing, but I kept going through, and I'm like, is this my game? Is it I like, feel confident if it, if, yeah. it, if, it, if it the Nintendo the cartridge would probably blow up. The yeah. ca- the capabilities of the technology at the time would not have allowed. All right, it. I, then it was it was, it was a Mandela effect. Every, Donkey Kong Country, bit. it did. It snowed in Donkey Kong it Country. Yeah, sixty four. Yeah, NES, Super Nintendo. Yeah, but yeah, it was every ounce of storage and memory space was at capacity yes. on that system yeah. they were actually behind the scenes offloading memory cache yeah. to the system and back to try to, to create get like their, a virtual memory yeah, system that to try like, to get just their continuously levels keep offloading properly that's so it incredible so, that's, that's so, it's a, so it's just me uh you know filling in the blanks yes. as a kid yeah. Yeah. but i saw yes yeah, when i was going back and through and i knew the frame rate wasn't great because of the emulation but i was like i remember it snowing and it just it didn't take me out of it completely, but I'm like I fucking I like I have to ask somebody who yeah. played the raw thing. <laughs> so interestingly enough, uh, Surface One and Two are my least favorite levels in the entire game. Oh, shit, I fucking hate them. Oh, hate's a strong word. I really strongly dislike them. Why? Uh, I don't. It's bland. It's, it's just it's this wide open space. It, I've never liked it. I always kind of like when I'd have to run through it on a different difficulty. I'd like oh, I gotta do this. It just didn't feel like I was doing much outside of like running in this giant open space. I mean, and and to be fair, the the levels were fun because I'm shooting enemies, I'm sneaking around, I'm doing my thing. But like, if I could compare them to every other level, pretty much, that uh, because I just I think this the backdrop just it was just so sparse with life. I can, especially after the runway, right before then, when you're taking off after the plane and it's so high energy, and then opens up for surface, and you're like, all right, go do your fucking thing. Yeah. And we also got to give credit, first of all, I feel the same way about the jungle level, just because mm. you know where, where you just came from and where you're going. But the bonus objectives that are in GoldenEye, you know what I mean? Like, that's super cool. You didn't really get that. Like, hey, here's what you got to do. But if you want to do this shit, too, mm-hmm. you can't. And then maybe some shit in it for you later, you know? It introduced Quote, so unquote, much. DK mode or paintball mode or all yeah. that other It gave stuff. you, like, before there were achievements, it gave you achievements to go for. It, you know, I and, and it's it, there's a documentary that uh, that um, Jeff and I had watched. Uh, it's, like, two hours long, but it's incredible. I watched it, too. I'm the only one that didn't I watch got it. I got through about two-thirds of it before I kind of fell asleep, but I, I watched well, That's not what you said earlier, Dave. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> well, now we're recording yes. on the internet, so, so what now, he says now is the truth. Yes, that's where we're going to go with. Um, but it's a really interesting uh, documentary, and they, inter- they interview a bunch of the, the integral de- developers, and they talk about like the craziness of the development of this game and how most of them on the team had no real gaming development experience. Love here. It. And they Zero. made like two this. Of them. Yeah, like, that's crazy. But maybe that's why it was so good. It's because, you know, outside of, like, one guy worked on Killer Instinct, right? Yep. Yeah. And then another person 
did did something else for for rare i think on donkey kong maybe but yeah i think the fact that you had a bunch of people that didn't have any kind of conception of what a video game was supposed to be allowed this game to kind of become something that more more than it ever we ever thought it would be they just like went for it it was also part of you know rare and basically gave the developers carte blanche to do whatever they wanted because the baseline was so low and they had nintendo money at that point Mm -hmm. so they were just they're like whatever you need they flew all the guys to set like while they were filming the movie and they were they made some really smart decisions like the level designer never designed a level in his life but he was an architect guy Uh. and so he understood spatial things and how buildings should look and how minor details look within a facility or whatever Um, and i think those minor things those minor details is what really sold it you know Uh Awesome. I mean, it's funny that we're talking about that because we just a few weeks ago talked about Clerks, a movie that was made by someone who had never really made a movie before and a bunch of people who had never been involved in movies. And here we are, one of the most iconic movies of its day. So sometimes it's just the want to do it. And it creates by not having a preconceived notion of how it should go. You're allowed to go to a place it never could have gone or that nobody's telling you how it should go. Right. I think that's as important as anything. It's just, you know, whatever you think it should be, it can be. And then people are either going to embrace that or they can reject it. For sure. So, you know, uh, I, I think ultimately we're, uh, we're talking about like what where the game was and where it goes. And I think if you're talking about all-time great strives, though, single player is incredible. But the thing that it most influenced, like we all agree, is the fucking multiplayer aspect of this game. I mean, this is... But never before in the history of mankind has so much blood been spilt <laughs> while you're all forced to stand within four feet of each other staring at a screen. Oh, my God. Like, just just the ground that was broken in the multiplayer of this game. Now, now kids. Kids that are listening to this. Oh, you know, children. The, not, not, young, not young children. I'm First talking of all, about, yeah, young I'm children. Talking about, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm sorry. Get your dad here. Tell your dad to come in. Hold on. We'll wait. Go, no, no, call him. Call him. Call him. Come in. Call him. Fuck you, dude. (laughs) Um, But what you got to keep in mind here, kids, that at this stage of video games, we didn't have this little thing called DLC, Mm. downloadable content. Mm. So everything that you got in this fucking game was put into it when you bought it. Yep. And in my opinion, that's how video games should fucking be. Um, I yeah. hate I hate spending X amount of money on a video game and then spending <clears throat> Y and Z later on to keep playing the video game. But I digress. Um, but you know everything that you're going to do in this game, you didn't have to purchase characters. You didn't need to purchase other levels or unlock or purchase new weapons. They were all just fucking there, and you just got to pick them. And that's what that's what video games were, kids. Yeah. Fucking miss that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Slap it on the system, turn it on, and if it was awesome, it was awesome from day one. If it was fucking horseshit, it, <laughs> it was, was horseshit from day one. It ain't never going to change. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about multiplayer, you actually reminded me. This is the first. This is the reason why we've all heard of. We all had a game genie or knew a, 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 a friend that had game genie. I bought a game shark. Oh yeah. Ooh. For the sixty four. Yeah. For this game. 
I got it like in March after the Christmas because people are like, oh, did you see what's what you can get on the Game Shark and all the extra unfinished levels and the the side skin characters and the codes. So I got the Game Shark just for sixty four. That's a thing no one will fucking understand if you're a newer gamer. Yeah. That in order to <laughs> there's shit in that game that, that you can access that no one wants you to have. So mm-hmm. here's a, a ridiculous video game accessory that you you plug your console in your console and your game into, and you need certain codes which are only available in magazines. By the way, yep. Why wouldn't they just give them right away? What? What's a magazine? It's <laughs> a great question. Was was it Game Shark? <clears throat> no, I'm I own something, and I'm pretty sure it was Game Shark, where you could create your own code. Yeah, yeah. That's and I made one code that worked once for one part of one level of Duke Nukem. <laughs> I fucked around with the, the codes long enough that I couldn't tell you what level it is now. But he was invincible for like two minutes of a level, nice. and that was it. That's all it worked. And then when you transition to another part of the level, it didn't work anymore. It didn't work anymore. But hey. You... That's the only like <laughs> accomplishment in programming. <laughs> You're coding yeah, background. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but going back to your point about things you could, that were on the cartridge that were never used, you know, a lot, a big part of the dev development was we're just going to do whatever we want until they tell us we can't do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they overdeveloped the levels so they had to scale things back. They overdeveloped the animations for death sequences, for example, which they had to scale back. They actually made all four Bonds up to that point. Connery, Roger Moore, and uh, whoever the other one was. Timothy Dalton. Yes. The guy we Uh, don't talk about. Actually, there's a fifth George Lazenby. And then they were told, yeah, we don't have rights to that. So the developers were saying there is a cartridge that exists with all all the bonds on it yeah. and not just Pierce Brosnan. So yeah, Sean Connery, I think what I read was the one that they really tried to get yep. and they just couldn't get the clearance. Yeah, yeah they couldn't afford it. Yeah. So so there's a lot of stuff that never made it into the final game that, that's still out there. Wait. And some of it could be unlocked. Wait. Wait, wait, one just one fucking second here. So you mean to tell me that Nintendo, in the fucking glory days of Nintendo could not afford Sean Connery, but goddamn fucking Highlander with that budget could afford Sean Connery <laughs> and dress him up like a fucking pirate. He First was of all, a pirate. He looked look like a pirate gigolo. A pirate, yeah. <laughs> Something that you would think the Godfather would walk out in mid-attitude era. Yeah. That's exactly. what you think Sean Connery would, would pull off. But they could pull that off, but Nintendo couldn't fucking get that. You gotta think where we are in the mid '90s is different than where they were in the mid '80s. The mid '80s, Sean Connery was just desperate because he was glory days. Got, That's right. Mid '90s, Sean Connery had become seasoned we elder had, states, but we had Indiana Jones. We had the we had the Sean we had the Shaun- we had the, Shaun- we had the Yes, the the Sha- I love that. Yeah, I love I that. I dig that. Thank you. And the Shaunasans, and then you have to. Uh, it, this is the man who what just a, a year or two after this game comes out would choose to turn down being fucking Gandalf. So that he could star in the all-time great cinema classic, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He made so, a glorious decision there. He that made a lot of great glorious decisions from being in Highlander. And all if, yeah. You, yeah. if you put those up, those side-by-side side without context, that's not that easy of a decision to make. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen did have promise. It didn't fucking work. Um, when you try to pitch a lot of people Lord of the Rings... I think anybody else directs that movie and it's not Peter Jackson, I don't think it works. Nope. 
So, you know, I, I think I think there's a lot of circumstance that goes into that. Because they also had a lot of fucking hopes that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was going to be a huge franchise going for the studio and spawn off a whole bunch of side movies and, and prequels and sequels and be a, be a monster universe within... That was Universal, right? I think yeah. that that... Yeah. That was their first attempt of rebooting their Universal universe, of their monster universe. And uh, that didn't work. And then, of course, they tried it again a couple years ago with The Mummy and everything else and that didn't work either nope. so proof that uh it, and i know we're way off tangent here but i just want to throw shade at somebody real fast <laughs> that Stuart townsend wherever the fuck you are uh as the we and let me say in a world where tom cruise played lestat and you're the weakest fucking lestat that ever existed Stuart townsend you are poison and you ruin any hope of sean connery ever feeling better about not being gandalf and now he's fucking dead and i'm not saying you're responsible but I'm not ruling it out either. I'm just saying there's questions left unanswered. Stuart Townsend, where were you on 9/11? Oh my God! No, I'm, I'm just asking. I'm just asking the questions. Noah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one step further. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. But do you know who the original Aragorn was supposed to fucking oh, be? Oh shit! You're not telling me. I'm not fucking. You're kidding not fucking you. kidding me. I'm not fucking kidding you. Stuart fucking Townsend. Oh my fucking god. And this was at the time that he was breaking up with Charlie's Theron too. So he made a lot of mistakes. So at many that mistakes. Point in time. It don't get much of a bigger mistake. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like not only gonna break up with Charlie's Theron, I'm also gonna turn down Aragorn in Lord of the Fucking Rings. Just 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 making great decisions. Yeah, or, poor how, business choices. How many people turn down Lord of the Rings for League of the Extraordinary Gentlemen? I wanna I wanna know this. Too many is the fucking <laughs> answer to that question. Fuck you, Stuart Townsend. Let's move on to Goldeneye 007. Yeah. Let's, let's go around. Favorite uh, favorite multiplayer level? Mac. Oh, fuck, man. Uh, facility for me. Yeah? Doc? Yeah. I'm going lightning here for a second. Uh, I mean, facility is excellent for just the chaos of it. Uh, Temple's good. Uh, no, no, it's facility, and and I know that we're kind of going to multiplayer. I just wanted I, I wanted to say before we got into multiplayer. Yeah, I I've, something we kind of really glossed over, uh, and I really want to hammer down to the people who Go are back younger, and maybe hammer who are listening so or maybe never played this game. Oh yeah, I'll hammer. Um, the importance of the campaign, because the, I don't I again I don't think I ever played a game before that outside of like a PC game. Uh, well, you expected these sorts of things in a way, but in a Nintendo 64, uh, where you finish a mission and it gave you your time, it gave you your stats, it gave you your headshot percentages, it gave you your limb bo- and your body shot percentages, and it made you want to be better. It made you like, I can get 100%. Fuck it, I can get 100% next time. Yeah. You know, like, and then being able to unlock those cheats by hitting a certain time trial, and then like, going back and then going, okay, let's make this as hard as possible. You know, or let's make this as silly as possible. Yeah. Halo and the Skulls, that's the end game. Goldeneye made that possible. And I really, truly believe that that if Goldeneye wasn't a thing, Halo would not have had Skulls the way they had it. Because that influenced an entire generation of kids, teenagers, young adults, gamers in general, who were able to just like, oh man, uh, the uh, slow animation mode. I fucking love that. It was ridiculous. It was stupid. But it was it was fantastic. Right? That's the game that taught me that headshot matters. Yep. Headshots yeah. fucking mattered in that game. You want to get a guy quick? Headshot. 
You know what I mean? With your Silence PP7 or whatever you had. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I, I love that it created speedrunning. It's the first game that I tried speedrunning before. It was the first game that, like, I gave myself actual challenges. Like, self-imposed, let's make this difficult. Let's make this, like, punishing because I, I know I can do this. And then, like, the fact that you can go in and there's multiple folders where you can have different saves. You can have different versions of the game that where you were in that point in time. You could have, and then just... Beating the game on 007 mode was not an easy thing to do. Nope. Still oh, hard to I've this never day. Done, I don't think I've ever done it. It's a pain in the ass, Dave. <laughs> it's not easy, man. That shit will you'll tear your hair out. I think that's yeah. why I've never done it. Like, the jungle... Uh, uh, fuck, uh, the control room. Is it the control room where you have to protect... The time. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 We, we, that we is the worst, worst, fuck. the worst fucking, shit worst story fucking ever. Yep. On so 007 mode, what, it was one of the hardest things in how? gaming I've ever done. So many Period. times I just wanted to How did you say the surface missions were worse than that fucking thing? I, again, I don't like surface because of as the aesthetic is terrible. I think it's terrible. It's just it's just wide open, non-detailed, it's just you know, white, white, yeah. snowy oh, space. Yeah. Uh, and and I just I just didn't I didn't vibe with it. But and then the jungle fighting Xena uh, was a pain in the ass yeah. on double everything on double seven was difficult. But the payoff was you unlocked shit. Like, if you beat everything on 007 mode or on agent mode or spe- whatever, special agent mode, you unlocked new missions. Like, it, they gave you a reason to push and to push yourself. Best part about this is I didn't even fucking know about this for the first year or so of the game. Because I, like, got to, like, a point where, like, I beat the, the normal difficulty. And then, like, I was like, ah, I'm good. I don't, why am I going to do it on harder mode? Like, yeah. Why, yeah. why would I even do there that? There was no internet, kids. We didn't I know. I didn't fucking we know. We didn't know. We and didn't then I know. found out and I went, What? <laughs> And I went all balls deep into doing this. There were no, no, uh, you know, word of mouth Twitch streams. There were no YouTube no. videos. You, you basically no read about stream. it in the back of a magazine. Yeah, if you were lucky, or you had one friend, or you had a friend who you had a friend who was like, like, guys, you got to fucking see this. Yeah. Or, or, or you had a friend of a friend who said they saw something. Yeah, and you're like, I guess I could try that again. Word yeah. of mouth. Like, oh, yeah. fucking and kept this game going. It's yep. also important to mention that in the 90s, we didn't have fucking shit to do. <laughs> right? Like, like not, not a single fucking thing. So it's like someone's like, hey, my friend outside. said that if you go to the temple level and you shoot up in the ceiling and you put 30 bi- bullets in this one brick, then confetti will fall yeah, down. You and you're like, and you're like, okay, I'll fucking write this down and go home and try this. And, like, and then here's the thing in the naive nature of that, too. When you went home and it didn't work, you thought it's something you fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe I should just call them up. Like, hey, yeah, hey. I didn't get uh, there fast w- enough. Which, which fucking brick was it? Yeah, which, which guy was Is that brick on the top? Is that brick on the bottom? Where, okay, all right, all right. My dad needs a phone. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Meanwhile, That's the right. person you fucking call there's two of your other buddies there fucking laughing yeah, yeah. because God, they yeah. ran on it yeah yeah 100 but you have shit to do but also if it was a shit game if it was superman 64 you're like <gasps> fuck that i swear to god no i don't care i don't, I don't care if, like you see tit- maybe if superman 64 had tits we would have all tried to play it a little lois harder. lane's tits or superman's tits it does not matter Polygon, it's it's N64, so it just would have been like a pyramid yeah, it's just with a, like it's a, a dark area, just a where area would have yeah. but it's golden eye so you were gonna play it anyway. Yeah. So I get home, fucking. Uh, and I don't want to try to transition away from that, but we, we did start multiplayer. But talk about yeah, yeah. 007 knocking some of those secrets out. Uh, I can never forget when I unlocked paintball mode. Right. That just because it's so cool that you could spray everything, but when you saw paintball, it's like this was cause and effect. 
Yeah, yeah, in a video game, you know, I can see I did this shit. We all did this shit, spraying each other with. Well, guns. even even when we were playing earlier today, before we started recording, we yeah. we we did a multiplayer with paintball mode. We're at different parts of the facility. Noah fucking walks in. He goes, "What the fuck happened in here?" Because <laughs> paint just, everywhere. The, just there was paint everywhere, <laughs> and he knew that he missed whatever went down. Whatever firefight happened, I'm like, shit. <laughs> But yeah, I, I didn't want to like necessarily detract from multiplayer too much, no. but I just felt like we definitely glossed over the importance of how the multi the single player was structured and how I think because speedrunning is a really big deal in gaming, and mm. obviously speedrunning would exist without Goldeneye, but I think it really helped foster. I don't speedrun; that's not my thing. But I did speedrun in Goldeneye. Like that was like, can you oh, be as fast as possible? Well, it's the funny. archives level. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like you couldn't when they were firing up at you for the archives level. You had one option: book your shit to the hallway, run. get down on the steps, and book your shit out to the goddamn streets level as fast as you could. Because yeah. you couldn't die. <laughs> There's no other yes. way. Yes, but, but I, I think that's a great point. And so when I was going back and playing through campaign mode, it's funny because when you finish. The mission it tells you what your best time was yep. and so like i play i was playing through and i was playing the runway and i finished the mission and it's like your best time was 35 seconds i was like how the fuck did i do that i must have just been a teenager teenager just like every time i got a time i'm like all right i'm gonna push to get this, push like, it. Keep a few seconds it. faster i love that faster. though man like it's straight off to the side like it all came back like as i was playing back through it which is awesome it kept you playing. It kept yeah. you coming back for years. Well, so let me ask you guys this question as it kind of relates to games like GoldenEye that came after. When you play games like Call of Duty, you play games like Halo that have that, you know, Battlefield and things like that. Do you does anybody ever give a shit about the campaign mode? For no. a lot of those games anymore? Not anymore. I would say the last first person shooter that wasn't a Halo game that I cared about the campaign mode was Battlefield, bad company. Right, for the 360, mm. just because it was the first game I'd seen with, like, the destructible terrain. Like, you could blow a hole yeah. in that. If some, a bad guy ran into a wall, you just blow a hole in that wall, yeah. right? And I just, and, and they, they told such a unique story. But I, 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 gotta, I know I'm going to alienate, like, one person in France by saying this, but I don't give a fuck about Call of Duty's campaign. I don't care if you put Jon Snow or Kevin Spacey or Vigo Mortensen. No one talks about Kevin Spacey. No, no, not on purpose. I apologize. But the idea that I that I would fucking care because if I download a Call of Duty game, first of all, I'm not buying a physical disc. I'm not waiting in line for that shit. There's like two things I wait in line for, and uh, one of them is Moe's Southwest Grill, and the other is not fucking Call of Duty. Uh, I'm playing multiplayer. I'm playing Black Ops Three, and I'm just just to get some good old fashioned violence. And then I'll be done with it and I'll delete it because it's fucking huge, right? But no. The answer to your question is who gives a shit what the... No one sits around today in 2022 and they're like, oh yes, the intricate story that you're trying to tell with Call of Duty Black Ops 3 where Jon Snow spits in a hooker's mouth. It doesn't doesn't matter. No one plays it. But But that's my point. Is that, you know, we can sit here and talk about campaign mode in that game because it was just as fucking important Mm -hmm. as as what the multiplayer brought to the game also. So yeah. that's that's kind of yeah. my that's kind of my point. You that's know, as point. we've moved through the ages, the campaign mode for a lot of those games where because everybody does enjoy the multiplayer aspect of it, mm-hmm. which is why Fortnite's a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just it's straight fucking melee. Mm-hmm. Um but we had a game that had that that still kept us really um you know, invested. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think what's important about Goldeneye is that the whole game was dedicated dedicated to campaign. Multiplayer was a throw-in at the last minute. Which yeah. is crazy. That, that yeah, wasn't even so part crazy. of the original plan. 
And if you look at multiplayer now compared to then, you know, now it's online. It's just you in your underwear on your couch with a headset on playing with people all over the world. Back then, just like we were earlier today, we're on a couch. Yeah. We're tethered together because there's no such thing as a wireless controller back nope, then. Nope, nope. And part of the experience wasn't the actual game. It's the interaction of playing the game together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And it, yeah. I mean, it changed, it changed the face of multiplayer gaming for generations to come. <laughs> and to think it was almost done fucking accidentally. You know what I mean? Like it's just just an afterthought that it changed because we had we had first person shooters beforehand, right? And we would have had first person shooters after, but the fact that it forced you to sit and it created such almost a culture around it, a culture that still exists to this day. I remember we were we were young. I I, I wasn't even I could not have been twenty one yet. If I was, I was freshly twenty one. We went to a party at the Whitfield's house, and I had taken a unnecessary amount of shots of one fifty one that night which is a way to die mm-hmm. in a lot of ways mm-hmm. right and uh one of our friends ryan uh i was either ryan or brad decided to talk some shit and they put in goldeneye 64 and i don't care what fucking year it was and how much i had to drink i'm gonna play goldeneye 64 right. <laughs> and i'm gonna shit talk something while we're going on oh dude like in that what was that is that the complex one with the ramps that went up yeah. with like, the weird gray walls that like if you were drunk and parts of that game, it you get lost. Yeah, 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 you're lost. Yeah, like, I don't know where the fuck test. I am. I'm going to hang out over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so fucking... And, but I mean, how much positive and negative t- did it influence that first-person shooter culture that became such a Big huge Big time. Because uh-huh. yep. the first Halo was not online. It was a single... Pl- it was like local multiplayer. Yeah. Playing that you you guys mentioned it in the archives during the Halo episode, yep. but you and I used to system link... Yep. At your house. That's right. That's what I hear. Uh, to, I wish I could have been there for that. That sounded like a good time. It's good time. It was legendary. That yeah. that original Xbox is like one of those things that I can't be- I'm so pissed that I have no idea where it is these days. Because it's like a, basically a tank with an uh, operating oh, yeah. system. It's, you know what I mean? it's, it's as like, big as this table. Yeah. 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 It, it, it makes the sound. <laughs> and the controllers are like loaves of bread with buttons. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, so fucking good. But yeah, that original Halo playing. playing but that happens only, in my because opinion. Because of GoldenEye. Because mm-hmm. of GoldenEye. <sighs> Gentlemen, what a what a journey down memory lane. I just want to kind of go around the table before we we kind of talk about the legacy of it, which we just kind of yeah, yeah. yeah. But what what are some of those fucking key moments back when you played multiplayer uh, in in Goldeneye that, that almost can't be replicated? We all our dads talk about the good old days of shit, right? But and like my dad would tell me that like he's born in 1950, so he was. 19 in 1969 when Led Zeppelin was coming out and all of in you know in the Vietnam War and Woodstock was happening uh and he'll tell me about the good old days and I'm like yeah dad that's fine but you were fucking 45 when Goldeneye came out I was a fucking teenager (laughs) (laughs) and that's the time stamp I also was discovering my ability to maintain an erection at the exact same time that Lara Croft was reaching for cliffs and raiding tombs and uh and also by the time internet porn was a thing you were an old man it's like you want to do a shitty vein here for a second it's like you nearly adopted internet porn i was raised by it molded by it you didn't see a pov video by the time you were already a man it's like it's like i know my shit dad but yeah golden eye <laughs> fuck fucking <laughs> 
Golden Eye was that shit, though. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 you got a forever. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, that happened. Just. No, I'm I'm thinking because there, you guys you guys watch Rick and Morty, right? Oh yes. You guys see the fucking episode when Morty wants the dragon. Yeah, okay. that's one of my favorite episodes. It's it's uh, Stephanie fucking hates it. I think it's, I think it's so I think it's fucking so weird. unbelievably brilliant. Right, did right you there, watch the new season? Yeah. Did you watch the new season? Of course. Okay, so I wanted. God, I wish no one watched this show. It's, it's, it's literally him. I know. Yeah, a lot of no, ways. this is yeah. this is the most brilliant fucking show it I think is so, I've ever seen. I hate that people told me for so long that it was really good, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll get around it. it sure. It took me, and then I watched it. It is such a well written show for seasons. Yeah. It all lines. It, it's good, but okay. But yeah. the, okay, so you watched the first episode of the new season. Yeah. And I don't want to say anything. Say it. I will remember it. No, 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 you will. Okay. <laughs> We're on a microphone, by the yeah. way. There's, this there's, is a, compelling there's a scene content. that happens, and, and we'll talk about it after the fact. But, yeah. but I saw it, and I instantly just went, motherfucker. <laughs> and and I, it, 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 it like literally, had, I was like, if Noah sees this, I'm going to get a fucking phone call. I, you eventually will. In, I will watch it. See, I in, in the episode. Oh, it's, it's pretty funny. In the episode, uh, Morty wants a dragon. And he, he fucking calls out Rick to get him a dragon. And he does. And it's voiced by Sir Davos from Game of Thrones. Oh, no right? way. Okay. So, um, in the episode, the dragon has to bond with its rider. And it's like a fucking orgy when it happens. <laughs> and Morty wants to bond with the dragon so bad, but he doesn't. But Rick ends up bonding with the dragon. Morty's so fucking pissed at him. But later on in the episode, they're in the dragon world and they're kind of stuck. And the dragon, like the dragon leader is, you know, pinning Rick and Morty down. And they find like these dragons that are hiding in a cave that are just involved in some giant slut orgy. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so fucking random. And the old dragon comes out from his den of masturbation where he's just been in there jerking off for like fucking a millennia. (laughs) And he comes out with a staff with a big fucking dildo hanging off of it and everything. And the way you sounded when you said that sounds just like that fucking dragon. I guess it's it was so meant to be. Yeah. When you watch it and you play this back, you're like, fuck, I'm, I'm, I'm spot that on, right man. After this. You will not be the same on. person after I'm, you watch that yeah. show. So, honey, tonight, I know we were going to have a romantic time, but I got to watch a dildo dragon on Rick and Morty. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, was, I was in California for work, and I was driving three, four hours between cities each night that I was out there. And, you know, TV fucking shuts down early. In California. So there's not a lot of stuff on from like 11, 12, 1 o'clock because they're still on East Coast broadcasting, right? But Comedy Central replayed their 11 p.m. stuff again. So when I would roll into the hotel, I would watch Bob's Burgers. That's when I really discovered Bob's Burgers. And then I fucking would watch Rick and Morty right afterwards. And my whole fucking life has been different since. Because those two shows are brilliant. Beautiful. And I'm mad that I missed out on it as long as I have. Which is why you need to fucking watch oh, Rick I, and Morty I literally was messaging yesterday. him about that the other day. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He sent me I'm like, have you watched this shit yet? No, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Why yeah. not? I know you yeah. have a small child. She should not watch any of that. No, no. she doesn't. No, but as much as I possibly could help it. But it, is, it, it is a special type of cartoon and it takes forever for each season to come out but it's fucking worth it yeah it's fucking the fifth season is the fifth season now they did yeah season five I'm, was about, ha- just about halfway through the fifth season I'm probably gonna finish it tonight it's yeah. so good it's so funny I promise you that I will watch that show I promise you I will, before I will I'm 50 yeah yeah, I was yeah, like, sure. you got like over ten years. That's so fine. yes, I did just check it. <laughs> Y'all caught me doing sure doing three Steiner beer deep math real fast. That's Steiner math. Yeah, that's Steiner math. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of it being worth it, I think ultimately 
any work that came into putting Goldeneye out was fucking worth it. Absolutely. What oh, were your what what is the big memory for you guys playing that game? Like for me, we always would when we played multiplayer, we would play Facility, uh, Man with a Golden Gun, Proximity Mines, <sighs> and we knew all the respawn points in in the level. So, and you try to fucking hide the mines places when somebody would be walking by, they'd die. But when you died once, you died five times. Because as soon as you'd respawn, there'd be another proximity mine right there that would blow you up. And then you'd blow up again. And then, and we would just sit there and fucking laugh our asses off. <laughs> like, it was just so funny when those things happened. Yeah, and, you know, I'll give a shout out to uh, Lee Thompson and... Uh, um, Brandon Hanna and Adam Jordan and Doug McMahon. Jared Hanna. Yeah, that's my Jones. Dude. Yep, that's fucking right, man. Uh, Dave Wuclair, Jared Nussbaum. Like, we just fucking ad nauseum would play that game. And uh, just it was just so fucking funny. It was great. It was a great time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see your proximity mines, and I'm going to raise you remote mines in both uh, the facility and the complex. I used to get a severe fucking... And we've, we've had him on the show, Drew. I used to get a severe kick out of putting remote mines on the doors that slide open. Oh, yes. <laughs> come on. And just waiting through that window to see Drew come out <laughs> open the thing. And when he's like thinking, and, uh, and it, poof, just make that one room where you can see the wire in a room of death all the time for Drew. It was, um, to, it, to this day, it's still good. It's still good. So, yeah, absolutely. That in paintball mode is so super huge. And uh, I had this one friend, Justin, who was the first person I had ever introduced me to being odd job and crouching. Uh, and to this day, he sucks. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when you're like, shout out to these random other people that I know that I had a great friend at the time, I'm like, fuck you, Justin. <laughs> so fuck wait. you for teaching me that people can't be trusted. Okay, then, then this is gonna. I'm gonna pose the ultimate uh, tabletop question here when it comes to Goldeneye. Mm. Is it cheating to use odd job? No, it's not. But it's Bad form. Okay. Because <laughs> I've, I've argued it's with people about upon. this. It is frowned upon. It's not He's illegal. in the game. It's it not be cheating. It's yeah. not NHL 93 wraparound where mm -hmm. the goalie gets stuck on where the Where you literally can't stop and it. And you no. can't stop it. And, you know. Or brother, WCW Revenge where you hit the stick to kick out automatically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not those levels where a little a literal fist would be thrown in my household <laughs> between my brother and I. So. Yeah, but I, I think... You know, the biggest thing about multiplayer is not so much the modes and the cheats. It's just the experience of it. I mean, it's it's the original form of trolling and shit-talking. Like, mm -hmm. it didn't really matter who won when you were playing multiplayer, except for in the moment. Right. But in hindsight, it was just the camaraderie that was built yeah. over so much shit-talk. And, I mean, you couldn't teabag in GoldenEye like you could in Halo. Nope. Uh, but... There was the equivalent of it of See, just talking shit on everybody the whole time. If you could have, you would have. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, and who didn't draw a dick out of paintball mode and bullets <laughs> and on there? For sure. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. I, and now, speaking of shit talking, what we just did before we recorded and playing multiplayer together, uh, uh, how how long has it been since the four of us sat in a room and played the same video game together? A long time. I, I, I actually don't, think, don't know we've ever done it. I don't think it's it. ever done it. Yeah, no. no. It uh, Even when we fucking lived together, we would play on our own systems in our rooms. Because we, we had play. the internet. We did. That's right. Yeah. So it's like, that. that is like the, that is something that that game still, in 
2022 and the 21st has afforded us mm-hmm. that uh, we we might not have done. If we covered the original, when we covered the original Halo, there was an, uh, we we didn't say no one's like oh we got to make sure we play the original Halo. No, we got to play Goldeneye. Yeah, now. We, we, we <laughs> Jeff's like hey, do you want to play games? We're like oh fuck yeah, we are. <laughs> How many controllers am I bringing to play this shit? Yeah. <laughs> and gentlemen, may I say, I would do it again. Absolutely. Question: If you are like you guys want to come over and play uh, Goldeneye, I'm like. If my wife says okay, <laughs> I can be there in 15 minutes. That's right. Would you tell your wife exactly what it was that you were doing? 1,000%. And here's the thing. The only reason she would say no is because she's mad she couldn't come. Because that's well, like see, the only game with guns my wife would Well, see, in that, play. that's an interesting thing. Because when we had more than four people playing, in when at the end of your 10-minute round, if you were in the bottom one or bottom two, you're, out. you're regulated. It's in the right? rotation. Yeah, yeah, it's in the rotation. So the next two people come in, top two stay. And you just fucking king of the mountain. See how long you can get, uh, stay in there. 100%. And the only thing that used to piss me off about actually being good at that game is when the pizza would arrive and it was cold by the time you got there or the topic you wanted wasn't there because you were too fucking good. And everyone else, you're like an hour and a half. You're like, someone else just play. Like, no, I would have beat you. It's like, you're not going to beat me. I know. And I'm, I'm just starving. so fucking good. Microwaves, yes. So problem. Let me be real with you for a second. world problem. There were five of us that played, and Drew was always in the rotation, so Drew ate a lot of fucking pizza. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It wasn't that I was good. It's that he was that bad. Uh, but, I mean, guys, this is... This, God, I did not... It, I, I, I love GoldenEye 64, and I loved playing GoldenEye 64 with you guys, but who fucking anticipated having this much fun talking about it? And I feel like we could just say the same thing over and over again for two and a half hours and never... Like, it never get tired of saying it. Well, before we sign off, guys, can I give you two rapid-fire questions before we go? Sure. Because hey. you guys mentioned level, right? Hey, so, yeah. um, favorite character you wanted to play as? Odd job. <laughs> Odd job? Uh, true, uh... Sean Ben, no, Trevelyan. Not, not Drew Drew. Yeah, Drew just he called me in the middle of this podcast. He felt it. Hey, move away. You talking about me? I thought he was going to call like, we're ordering pizza. My dick is itchy. And I just <laughs> felt like a disturbance. No, um, uh, I, I used to love Boris just because he wears the Hawaiian shirt. But it's, it's Sean Ben. It's uh, uh, Trevelyan, Trevelyan, whatever you want to okay. call him. Yeah. I always uh, loved Odd Job. As controversial as oh, that character yeah. was. Well, but I mean, my default yeah. was always Bond. If it's I on, it's on brand Job. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and mine was the Baron. I always loved the Baron. Yeah, Baron, classic yeah. Bond villain Fuck in there. Yeah. Got the top hat and everything. There you go. Favorite weapon to use when you played in uh, multiplayer? I got to go remote mines just because it was so cool. But number two, and I can never ever. Re- I literally had it in my hands when we were playing that game earlier. But it's the it's the the real square looking gun that looks like the fucking bazooka from the. Uh, SNES yeah. days. It was a real the square. Super Scope one. Six. Yes, it was, it was. It was. Yeah, it looked like the Super Scope, but it had like sixty shots in it, and you can unload on a clip on somebody, and they don't die. So yeah. what you know you're what talking about is my favorite gun of all time in Goldeneye, and that's the RCP90. Yes, yes. that yeah. fucking gun. It looks yes. was like top. Sold. It was S tier. Yeah. Period. It was, it was so good. Better than. But it. it was so good. But it, it looked so cool, and it, it fired yeah. so much. But it like it had, to balance it. It like it was basically like whispering at somebody. That's how much fucking damage. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> so I, I, I would go remote mines in the net. Yeah, right, for yeah. sure. For me, that was my favorite gun. 
but I always like to make it interesting. So we like to either play slappers or rockets, one or okay. the other. Dude, rockets in the t rockets in facilities dangerous because yeah, you die when you launch a rocket in the facility. Oh, there's no you room die. to move. No, yeah, there's no. Yeah. But rockets in temple, there ain't nothing better than being on both ends of that fucking temple that across fucking that room. gap and just, and just shooting rockets other. at each other. And then you're coming up, and then you're one of those motherfuckers. You're like, oh shit, you hear it, and you open that middle door, <laughs> and it's just bah, 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 and fucking oh. rockets going. You're like, oh. Shit. <laughs> uh, uh, the one thing that I wish that this is my only regret for Goldeneye. The one thing I wish they did that Goldeneye, uh, excuse me, that Perfect Dark fucking figured out real fast. Because mm -hmm. Perfect Dark kept the temple level, right? Was the ability to jump down into the gap yeah. in the temple. That's the only thing. It's like when you play Grand Theft Auto 5 or 4 for years and then you go to play like the remastered San Andreas, you miss the ability to jump out of your car while it's moving. They just didn't add that shit until the next gen. And so um, I found myself, we were playing earlier in the temple, and I'm strafing. It's probably good because I just would have fell, fallen down there because yeah. I had no control. But I wanted, as the firefight was going down, to drop down and come up. And it's like, oh, no, that was Perfect Dark. Should we, yeah. should we talk? Should we cover Perfect Dark at some point? I'm going to bring Perfect Dark over, and we're going to do that shit with the box. Because I love that, that game. game. Does your, I love that fucking game. I have game. a weird relationship with it because it's too. not GoldenEye. It's better than GoldenEye, actually, in every way possible. And it's hard to admit yeah. that. But that's it's because weird. They, I didn't play it nearly as much. That's because they had the training wheels on for GoldenEye because they were figuring that shit out. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we have a hit on our hands, and we know how the technology works, so let's up the ante. Mm -hmm. And that's what they did we for should, Perfect Dark. When we do Perfect Dark, we should do it two ways. Because we're all Xbox guys. So we all have the remastered Perfect Dark for free yep. right yeah, now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and we can play that multiplayer. That would online. be a good time. That would be good. Uh, and then we can bring time. the physical one. Do you have the expansion pass in your 64? Uh, no, the expansion pack? I have it in there. Perfect. We can play. Because that's how you go your bots. To be able to up that shit that, to have the bots running that's around. Right, oh my god, pack. that's some shit. So... That's, there's the future. So just as we said, we're going to watch all the shitty Highlander movies that follow <laughs> Highlander. We're going to play Perfect Dark, and then we're going to talk Which about... Which we'll actually enjoy, uh, yeah. compared so to the Highlander. Oh, we're going to enjoy the Highlander movies for all the wrong fucking reasons. You know, dear listeners, we invite you to come along with us in this journey. Yes. Please fucking, do. As we're talking about, we got to fucking watch Highlander, fucking watch the Highlander movies. When we're talking about playing Perfect Dark, fucking dust off your system or download Perfect Dark and fucking play it. Yeah. Like, what are you waiting for? Or more importantly, tell us what you want us to play or watch. See, that's cool. That's cool. We've had requests, and we're going to keep fielding those requests. But so far, a lot of our requests have been almost specifically wrestling-oriented. Which I don't mind. We are not going to complain about it. <laughs> no, we are not. But if you want us to play something... we Now, listen, no one's going out and getting a TurboGrafx-16 or an Atari fucking Jaguar. But if there's a game for the 64, the Xbox, the PlayStation that you want us to play, God damn it, we'll give it a shot. Or at least we'll be really nice about telling you no. <laughs> or, if, or if you have a recommendation for a Virtual Boy game, I have one in the closet right there. My God, that's First sexy. of all... It sounds like my neck hurts. <laughs> You're one of three people I know who own a Virtual Boy. That's I'm I one of them. That's why I wear glasses. <laughs> I didn't wear glasses pre-Virtual Boy. Yeah. That fucking thing. I wear glasses <laughs> Mario because... Tennis was the jam for me, man. And Red Alert. <laughs> I wear glasses because my grandmother told me if I didn't stop touching myself, I'd go blind. And I, I didn't listen soon enough. <laughs> and now, that. deep thoughts <laughs> with Noah Proud. Speaking of listening <laughs> and... That? 
that puts new uh, new emphasis on Jack Handy. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Yeah, oh, there oh. it is. Hey, hey, whoa. So speaking of emphasis and legacy and all the fun stuff, we hope you've enjoyed us talking about GoldenEye. I, we could talk about it more. If we ever open up like a Twitch channel just to, to, to babble, we got to fucking play this on Twitch just so yeah. we can see some shit talk. 100%. Speaking of shit talk, I just want to point out that of the four people in this room, two of you came in fourth place and the other two only ever came in first place. So I'm just going to point that out. It Hello. was tied for first oh, every Thank time. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Yes, Thank, yes. You. Thank yes. you. Let me know how it feels to be. You guys, technically, if GoldenEye was sexy, you'd be bottoms. But you would be power bottoms. And That's I just true. want you to know. Yes. Let's feel good about it. But speaking of perhaps, <laughs> and here's ready the segue, the all-time power bottom next week, we're going to be discussing the legendary career of The Undertaker. Hall of Famer. Oh, boy. 30 years in yeah. one company. He yeah. is the measuring stick by which all other pro wrestlers are measured. And we're going to fucking talk about it. One of the greatest characters ever in sports entertainment this is going to be a serious deep dive because if you take a step back and look at what he's accomplished he, he the man is in the hall of fame yeah and i i caught like a clip of vince mcmahon's uh introduction yeah and i don't know if you guys saw this or not i did i did i watched it it, it him listing all the people that he has wrestled. It's a long list. He and didn't you list everybody. It's it. a long list. <laughs> you don't realize how many big, the biggest names yeah. in wrestling history that one human being has locked it up with in main event situations consistently for decades. And like, I know people, we're going to get into this. I know people who don't like The Undertaker uh, for various reasons. They're fucking wrong. Uh, but I know people who don't like them, don't, doesn't like him. But you cannot. You cannot avoid, you cannot ignore his impact in wrestling, his his legacy. He really has a fucking legacy. Yeah, that's the very definition of it, right? You yeah. know, yep. the the Undertaker, as you mentioned the Hall of Fame, I don't think, and, and of course we have so many phenomenal wrestlers that are in the Hall of Fame, and rightfully sure. so, but to me the Hall of Fame exists now because the Undertaker's in it. It's legitimized. There's there. He's called the Great One for a reason. And so it's almost like the idea, like now that we have a Hall of Fame, now the Undertaker's in it. Yeah. Do you need like a super Hall of Fame that he's in? Yeah. You know, it's like like to make the Hall of Fame bigger. Than there's it the is. Hall of Really Good, and then there's the Hall of the Undertaker. Yeah, for sure. And it, we're gonna it talk about the whole class. We're gonna talk about the Hall of Fame, and we're gonna talk about the streak. We're gonna talk about that fateful debut at Survivor Series. We're gonna even talk about Mean Mark Calloway. I guarantee it. All the feuds, all the interesting shit, all the magic powers, the American badasses. We'll probably mention. Limp Biscuit. This will be their one other chance. The one besides, time. One other time besides WrestleMania X8. I will not acknowledge them. Oh, you don't have to. I don't. I can't. Right? But we do want to acknowledge all of you for listening to the show and being an amazing audience. Uh, <laughs> France. That's for you at the end. You stayed to the end for it. We appreciate it, gentlemen. Any lasting things to say about Goldeneye? Have we said it all? I, I think we said it. No, we haven't. I think uh, the game and the legacy of the game sort of speaks for itself. I mean, it's it's stood the test of time. Uh, it's justifiably so cemented itself as one of the greatest games of all time ever for the system and across all platforms, um, and it it earned every every bit of it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Top ten video game I've ever played. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Certainly yeah. across any system, any any era. Top ten, no question. Yeah, it's it's easily the most transformative uh, video game. Uh, most transformative console game ever produced, uh, and uh, we are we are lucky to have been able to play it in our youth. One hundred percent. Yep. 
All right, guys. Well, we'll see you guys next time to talk about the dead man, yeah. the Undertaker. If you are listening to this, go get yourself a copy of Goldeneye. Go pay an absurd amount on eBay. Dude, for you can it. get it on Amazon for like thirty bucks. Yeah, real talk. Get yeah. it. Go, yeah. go have do a good that. time. Go do that right go now. Go to the right now. Do something. Enjoy yourself. You know? Call a friend you haven't talked to since the '90s or the early 2000s. Invite them over. Talk about your 401ks and then play some fucking Goldeneye. Nothing good.